Hey everyone, welcome to Ashley Speaks Up. This week I wanted to discuss why I decided to get into podcasting and why I decided to get into my whole thing of content creation and blogging in the first place. Stick around because I'm sure you'll relate to this and find a piece of yourself in my story. It's more common than you think. My name is Ashley and my partner is in recovery for addiction. It's hard to find others like myself, but we're out there with a story to be heard. This is mine, and this is Ashley Speaks Up. All right, everyone. Like I said before, we are going to be taking this first episode to kind of go over my background and why I decided to start doing podcasting. I wasn't really sure when I originally started doing this that I wanted to do a podcast. It kind of just evolved naturally on its own. But I thought it would be just another avenue to kind of get my information out there, and also it might be kind of fun. The reason I started this podcast was because I'm in a relationship with someone who suffers from the disease of addiction. And I don't know if that applies to you, maybe you found this from my social media pages, or maybe you found it on Happy Accident, but either way, I believe that the lessons learned, you know, from my relationship could really apply to everyone, and everyone can find something, you know, to learn from it. This is actually a really widespread issue. I mean, you probably know somebody who has an addiction issue, but they probably didn't tell you and you probably didn't notice it on your own. If you do a quick Google search, the first couple results will tell you some really interesting statistics. In 2017, 8.5 million American adults suffered from a mental health disorder and a substance use disorder, or a co-occurring disorder. About 38% of adults in 2017 battled an illicit drug use disorder. Almost 21 million Americans have at least one addiction, yet only 10% of them receive treatment. This disease affects no less than four other people, including friends and family. Growing up, you know, in early childhood, in my teenage years, all the way up to early adulthood in my 20s, I've never really known anyone with this condition. I mean, you would see it on TV and in movies and things like that, but... I never really experienced it firsthand or through somebody I knew. When I was 18 years old, like right when I graduated high school, I started working at a gym called LA Fitness, and it was about five minutes away from my house. I started working there through a friend of the family, and it was nice. I mean, it was cool. I didn't really talk to people like that much, like I didn't have any close friends there or anything, but there were coworkers that I hung out with, and they were really friendly. My coworkers would actually throw parties, you know, from time to time. And it was funny because it was always hard to find time when, you know, enough of us could go because we always had different schedules and the gym didn't close until 10 o'clock at night some days. And it was actually at one of these parties that I met my current partner. Before this, uh, we never really talked that much. I mean, maybe just a hi or whatever every now and then. But at this party, for some reason, I guess I had more confidence to actually go up to him and start a conversation. And from there, we kind of just hit it off. We started texting, and if you ask him, he will tell you that since Snapchat was at its height back then, I would Snapchat him all the time. And whether or not he thinks that's true, I actually Snapchatted everyone. But regardless, the point was that we were communicating. As time went on, and we were hanging out more and more, uh, we got to know each other really well. And it was actually during one of these hangout times that he told me that he had something to tell me. I wasn't really sure what he was going to say. Essentially what he told me was that he had an issue with stuff he was taking, and he had dealt with it for a while, and it had come back. I wasn't really sure what that meant, so I had him explain as much as he could. 
And essentially what I got out from it was that he actually had an addiction issue. And I've never really, like I said, had any kind of contact with that before. You know, I really didn't know what it entailed or what that meant or what you were supposed to do. I mean, I've seen shows like Intervention, but I don't know if that's how things are for everyone. And it was a really interesting experience to have somebody tell me that. Given that we were really close by this point, you know, I considered him a really good friend of mine. I, you know, wanted to do all that I could to kind of help him out. I didn't know if I should call somebody for help. I didn't know if there was anything I can do. And after researching, I thought that I was supposed to find a rehab for him to go to. So I remember actually sitting in the parking lot of my work before my shift started, and I was calling as many rehabs as I could to tell them that I had somebody that needed to go in. And I realized pretty quickly that I guess that's not what you're supposed to do because at least in the sense of it being a medical issue, there's not a lot of things that the rehabs can tell you. And that's kind of the person's responsibility to do it themselves because they're not going to give out any information if you're not the one that needs it. Not too long after I started my search, he was actually able to find a rehab on his own. And in a show of solidarity, I guess, I decided that I was going to give up sugar for a month while he was gone because I wanted to show him that it was possible if you had the right mindset, right? And so began 30 days of less contact than we were used to before because we used to text every day back then. And now it was just an occasional phone call whenever he was able to make one. And sure, I wrote letters and he wrote letters back and those were really cool because, I mean, who writes letters nowadays? But still, it was different and it took a lot of getting used to. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was going through a lot of issues on my own, which made this even more difficult than it would be for the normal person. Eventually, he did come home. And so began the years-long struggle of more episodes just like that one. Sure, they all varied in intensity, but the common denominator was that we both still had issues we needed to address. We had lots of therapy sessions, one-on-one and couples therapy. There were rehab stays and detoxes. There were NA meetings, AA meetings, and everything in between. Lots of things that we tried and failed, and lots of things that we both learned about each other and ourselves. And it took a lot of years of actually working on ourselves to get where we are now. I kind of felt that our relationship would go through cycles, up cycles and down cycles, positives and negatives, depending on where we were in our recovery. One so-called up cycle, we got engaged, and I thought that things were going to be better from that point forward. And I mean, how could they not? I had wanted to get engaged and spend my life with him for a long time. And on one down cycle, I remember sitting on the floor of our room, crying as I packed my stuff into a suitcase, wondering if things would ever be better again or if we would even still be together. Another huge episode of growth was having our daughter, because at the time we didn't really feel like we were very capable, especially for something so monumental as that, but that's kind of its own podcast episode. But through the years, as I've said, we've both had our trials and tribulations, and they both made us into who we are today. Now, whether you're in a situation that's similar to mine, or you're just navigating life in general, I'm sure there is not one of us who is a stranger to the experience of having somebody give opinions on your life from their perspective, whether it's positive or negative. I mean, sure, there are loved ones close to us who like to let us know when they think we are struggling or what we could do to help it, or maybe we've made a bad decision and they want to give us some clarity. But there's also the unwarranted opinion of other people, whether well-meaning or not. This experience was made even more strong going through my experience with my partner. It seemed like everybody had something to say, 
Whether it was sympathy, which I don't know about you, but I have a hard time dealing with sympathy from other people because it makes me feel really bad. Or just opinions on my relationship as a whole. Like, what are you doing? Why are you with somebody like that? Don't you want somebody to be proud of? Don't you want somebody who will be able to provide for you? Don't you want a chance at a happy future? Don't you want to get married? Don't you want to move out and live in your own house? Don't you want to do this and don't you want to do that? It seemed like everybody had an opinion. And I get it. I'm not saying that everybody's opinion was bad. I'm not saying that at all. I know there are a lot of people around me who are very well-meaning and I appreciate the advice that they give because I actively seek it. But there are also those who don't really have that much of a connection to our relationship who don't really get how it is. They don't really know him and they don't really know me. And I feel like their advice, even if it is well-meaning from their perspective, just shows how disconnected they are. I feel like they only have something to say if it's something negative. I don't really feel like a lot of them actually have, you know, like a part in our relationship, so to speak. I don't feel like they make an effort to do so. And I also feel like a lot of this has to do with people's perspectives on addiction. A lot of people don't fully understand it. They don't understand it's an actual medical issue, an actual disease, or an actual condition. They think it's a choice. They think that somebody who has an addiction issue is a bad person. Somebody who doesn't put their family first. Somebody who doesn't put themselves first. Somebody who is selfish, who is a thief. Somebody who does negative things, bad things, illegal things, because that's just who they are. They're a bad person. And nothing could be further from the truth. Of course, like with any group of people, there are bad ones. There are bad people who are actually abusive or actually negative, or they are actually criminals. They are actually bad people to their core. But again, not everyone is like that. Everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own experience, and to be painted that way actually does more harm than good and kind of backtracks the progress even more than it should be. But along with addicts, what about us? What about us, who are the family? The friends, the spouses, the partners, the children, the parents. What about us? Sure, everybody views the addicts as negative, at least in most cases, but I feel like they also view us like that as well. We're not strong enough because we still choose to be in a relationship with them. We still choose to take care of them. We don't care about ourselves because it seems like we don't put ourselves first, and we don't find someone who is quote-unquote better. People expect us to be embarrassed if there's someone we can't get away from, so to speak, such as a child or a parent. And if they're a partner, people are confused as to why we stayed, because to them it appears they don't have any benefit to us. Don't you want somebody who's better? I feel like it's the common denominator, but it's not easy. That's not what this is about. It doesn't matter on how other people view them. We're obviously with these people because we love them. We're obviously still in a relationship with this person because we care. Or if the addict is a family member, we obviously still associate with them because we know they're a good person and they bring value into our lives. I don't feel like this is something that we should be judged on. And that's why I decided to start this podcast and why I decided to start my blog and all my associated pages. I feel like all of us have a story to share, an experience to share, and something that we could have everyone learn from in their own way. And especially for us because I feel like a lot of addicts and people who are recovering share their story to help other addicts. But for us, I feel like there is limited content. I remember when I started my journey on trying to better myself and understand the position I was in, I would spend a lot of time researching to try and find other people like me, other people's stories, other people's experiences, 
how they learned from it, books on the topics, books on experiences, podcasts, blogs, anything. But I feel like we're not represented that much. And maybe it's because we're still struggling with our own issues and wondering if our feelings are valid. I want to share my story in an effort to show everybody that goes through it that it's something that can be celebrated. It's something that is normal to go through. It's okay to know somebody who is struggling, and it's okay to struggle yourself. I mean, I know a lot of people have issues with sharing their story because they're embarrassed, or they feel like there's nothing good that comes from it, but there really is so much good that can come from it. It's a community knowing that there's other people like you out there. There's a sense of community knowing that there are other people who struggle and who manage to rise from it. There's a sense of safety knowing that you can talk about your story in a space where you won't be judged. And I feel like it's honestly a greater experience in having people become more empathetic and learn not to judge someone based on their struggle. It's really easy to see things from the outside without acknowledging the differences and issues that somebody could be going through as a result of their own experience. And not only that, but I feel like the context of addiction as a whole has the same idea. If more people speak out about their struggles, and if more people explain that it's not something that should be taboo and hidden, then maybe more people will seek help. Maybe more people will share their story to help others, and we can all heal together. It's not something that should be hidden, or discussed in secret, or hidden so that nobody knows what's going on fully. Struggles are a part of life, and that's what allows us to learn from it. If we choose to deny ourselves the struggles and what we've learned from it, and deny ourselves to the world, then I feel like we're doing a disservice to not only ourselves, but also everyone else. Mental health as a whole, and as a subcategory, addiction and recovery, needs to be destigmatized. It needs to be allowed to be spoken about, and for people to allow themselves to be able to share. That's the only way we heal. We don't heal by setting ourselves up and silencing ourselves, and hiding ourselves away from the world. And so that's what my goal is. My goal is to share my story. And I don't claim to know all the answers, I don't claim to be perfect, and I don't claim to know 100% of anything. The only thing I know is my experience and what I've learned from that. And I hope that by sharing my story with the world, someone will be able to relate to it and not feel so alone in their own world. It's important to share our story, to share our experiences, and get a sense of community. That it's okay. So that's what my goal is. So I hope that through hearing my story, maybe you found a bit of yourself. Maybe you found something to relate to. Maybe even if you don't know anyone with addiction. Maybe some parts of my relationship will strike a chord with you. Maybe something about my individual experience will strike a chord with you. And that's what the goal of this is, to allow people to grow. Grow from each other's experiences, grow from your own experiences, and create a happier and harmonious community and society for everyone. So that's my story, and that's how I've come to the place where I am now. And I know that even though I have come very far in my own personal transformation and the transformation of our relationship, I still have a long way to go. But the thing is, I don't look to the future with fear anymore. I look to the future with optimism, with realistic hope. Not a hope that everything will be perfect because it's never going to happen for anyone, but just hope that things will be okay. Hope that I'll be able to navigate anything that comes my way. That we'll be able to navigate things together in our relationship and as a family. And I know that it will be the same for you. And I hope that you continue to join me on my journey and you'll be there to interact and share your own thoughts on things. Because like I said, that's how we learn. Well guys, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Join us again next week and keep an eye on our social media pages to find out what we'll be discussing. 
Also, subscribe to the show and the blog at ashleyspeaksup.com. See you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll leave you with this quote. This quote is actually on the front page of my blog. It's by Becca Lee, and it states, Speak your truths and let your heart be heard, for even disaster is beautiful when it is pure. Bye for now, guys.